Episode 8, The Main Leadership Show, Desi Maynard, Jeremy Klein. Let's skip right out of the all intro, intro, fancy words, fancy words. And today we're going to be talking about... Failing. The big F word. Got to deal with the F word. Dealing with the F word. Failing fast and failing, this is key, well. Yeah. That's, that's hard to have fail and well in the same sentence. I love this one, so. honestly, because, man... Uh, and we'll get into it, but this is this is a good one because hey, raise your hand if you failed. I like I only have 17 hands, uh, and I need about 20,000 more. Uh, but man, there's been a lot of growth that's happened through that, and it's been life changing, honestly. Yeah, this, so this will change your life if you can figure this out. We're gonna talk about a few ways to to navigate through, to break through, and ultimately to succeed through failure. Yeah. Um, so. You know, I want you guys, listeners at home, even you, Desi, myself, think of a time, at least one time where you failed, like just major fail. Got it. Fell on your face. What did it look like? What did it look like? What did it look like? Well, it was on national television. Okay. In front of 115,000 people. Okay. I air, I air mailed a snap over the quarterback's head. Not supposed to do that. Yeah, actually, I think I already talked about that story, but I have another one. Same game. Same game. Okay, I was going against Brandon Graham. You probably know him. He played for the Philadelphia Eagles for a while. Um, he caught my shoulder, kind of ripped me back. This other defensive lineman did a twist, came around, smack, quarterback's down. Quarterback goes under the knife, separated his shoulder, had to get surgery, season over. Guess whose fault it was? Mine. Completely my fault. I was ripped from the game. I mean, pulled out. I mean, all this happened in front of 110,000 people, national television, in front of my family, friends, and it was me. It was my fault. Straight up my fault. There was no excuse. It was my fault. So how'd that feel? That felt absolutely horrid. It was awful. Yeah. Probably at that time, one of the worst things that had happened to me. Like, no exaggeration. Because you knew it was on you. I did this. That was me. Yeah. Yeah. He When he asked me, I, I... it's on film, so you can't, you can't, you can lie, but that's only going to save you about 16 hours, mm-hmm. right? So it was like, yeah, coach, that was me. You know, normally when we do this, we'll also flip the script and say, think of a time when you've succeeded, mm-hmm. right? Um, usually when we take clients through this or when we've walked through this exercise, yeah. the feeling of success is not nearly as strong and as visceral, the sting of defeat, the sting of failing, often is that painful or that. And sometimes it's a lot longer of a focus. I win, I got the trophy, shook the hands, cheered, and it was awesome, right? But I lost, and we're talking week two, week three. I'm still living in that. So... Through the pain, I think, of failure with us falling in holes and getting out. Because it's a pain. It's, I mean, let's be real. It's a pain. Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, done sales now for uh, 25, 26 years. And I had uh, one of my initial in-home sales jobs um, covering three counties. I went 0-16. Oh, man. Fell on my face. That's a big offer. Bro, I couldn't close a window. Like, I I love sales, and I mean, it took me a minute to try to get the game and understand the method, but I was like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So what I want to walk through is, is 
can we look at these in a different lens? Mm -hmm. You know, initially, you don't. You're in a pit, this sucks, why me? But can I look at this differently in a way that it's the process that gets me to success. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna walk through that, um, guys. If you you've said it probably a thousand times in the previous podcast, but YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, share. If you want to uh, see a lot of this stuff when we whiteboard it, when we put graphics up, go to the YouTube. Same thing with all podcasts. Like, subscribe, all of that good stuff. We definitely appreciate it. Um, but let's talk about failure, like. It's an inevitability. Yeah, it's going to happen. We all face it. We all go through the pain of it. And, it. and it doesn't matter whether it's as a husband, as a dad, as an owner, as a teammate. Fill in the blanks. Yep. Leader, if, sales rep, blah, blah, blah. If you have a goal, if you have a situation, it's probably not going to turn out as you originally thought. Yeah. And along the way, you're just you're just gonna. Okay, screw I'm, thinking, it up. I'm thinking of this this this. Uh, maybe it's a meme. Maybe it's just a picture. But it's like success, and it goes whoop straight up, and then it's like real life, and it goes like all the squigglers, yeah. And then yeah, you yeah. go off, right? Like all of those things that aren't just this straight line are the failure. Yeah. You know, so we're going to talk about a few different things. Some of them are mindsets. Some of them we're going to give you tools and action plans to try to break some of those mindsets. But these are crippling mindsets that get us to stay in the the failure. That yeah. get us to focus on why is me? I shouldn't have tried in the first place. Yeah. Um, so we want to hone in on like building the culture of like. Fail fast, fail often. Mm -hmm. Because that means we're getting better. That means we're learning. But if we don't have that right mindset, exactly. then it's going to be extremely uh, brutal and it's going to overtake us. We won't even want, we'll just want to stand in the corner and quiver. <laughs> One of the big ones, and this is something that I struggled with uh, a ton, was what a lot of people have, and that's fear. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to fail, the fear of failure. I don't, I don't want to look dumb. I don't want to try something and just have it fall on my face and just blow up. I just, I just rather not. Yeah. It's, uh, I can honestly say I haven't, I don't struggle with that one. That's awesome. I just, I, I, I never have. And honestly, when I'm asked that question, it's, I struggle to answer it. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe it goes back to the way I was brought up. Like there, there's, I think there's a lot of variables there. Yeah. But it's just like I, I've learned that without action and without trying stuff, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. Like safe is like what – You're not going to win or lose. You're nope. just actually losing by not deciding. Safe just means you're – that just yeah. means you're on the bench. Right. You know? What happens if you are in that position, it's going to make it, – you're, you're deciding not to do something is a decision. Yep. So a lot of times people say, well, I mean, I can't fail if I don't try. Wrong. Like you've already failed. Yeah, like you decided failed to try. You decided not even to try yep. to actually go out and Which do is something. A and and oftentimes, even if you come at this, not just having a tinge of fear, but being gripped with fear, focusing and dwelling on fear, that's the whole foundation of your process of even trying. When that happens, 
you, you're going to fail and then you're going to think it's, well, it's self-fulfilled. Yeah. I knew I would fail and that's why I didn't want to try. I was so afraid yeah. to do it. Um, well, when we talk about negativity bias. Yes. You know, but also we have a truth bias. So like go down this rabbit hole with me, but we're going to, we're going to take it in the negative route and then we're going to believe it to be true. So we're going to look for things that make it true. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, black hole right yeah. there. So now I'm only confirming and believing what I already believe. Exactly. And it's negative. Yep. <laughs> right. So it takes twice as much work on this yeah. to not be scared of failing, to not have that fear of failure. Yeah. John Maxwell says the greatest mistake uh, we can make is living in the fear that we'll actually make a mistake. Yeah. Like, so go make 17 you're of them gonna, right now. You're gonna make it a goal to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, call to action though. Let's break fear because I, I was told very early in life that the actual thing that happens is never as bad as the fear that you projected. Yeah, it's so true. I fear something's going to happen. And even if that did happen, it's never as bad as when I have the anxiety and the fear. Yeah. So call to action on this, guys, is develop a worst-case scenario. Yeah. Tim Ferriss has an awesome blog on this. Check it out um, if you have some time. But ahead of time, think about, here's the goal. We have a project. We're working on a client, and we see challenges. We see strengths, and we say, okay, this is the route we want to take. What's the absolute worst thing that can happen? It's a great way to play out. Step by step by step. So, like, flesh it out. Yeah. Yeah. Should this completely fail... What does that look like? Yeah. What does that look like in our actions and our thoughts? Where does that take us? How does it affect you? Yep. And so then what we want to do is that we'll walk that back from a worst case to maybe a possible case. Gotcha. From a possible case to a probable case, from a probable case to an ideal case. We do that because it's oftentimes easier with that negativity bias to focus on what went wrong ahead of time and then try to reverse engineer and backtrack that. But we'll get to some of the step-by-steps and different contingencies on the next point. But this is all to help change that mode of what am I afraid of in the first place? It's preparing you. Exactly right. It's preparing you. I mean, there's four scenarios there that make it possible for you to really lay it out. And all of those scenarios just start to reduce fear step-by-step because you're like oh that's not that bad oh that one that one is kind of bad but i could still live with it oh that one's really good oh look the probable one is actually i'm pretty excited about that yeah type of deal so and you can write those out i would suggest absolutely like whiteboard them out write it's almost like a pros and cons list yeah but i would do that it's gonna really make you more confident in what you're about to go attack yeah worst probable possible best just so you have that laid out just so you have an understanding and that will it takes away that because even though there's still going to be some variables i think every day we're throwing curveballs yeah absolutely it does take away ultimately the fear guys that, that i've experienced that a lot of people have in this is just the fear of unknown I'm removing a lot of that element and the stigma to that by, and I'm just, you know what, since I don't know, what could happen? Because there's a good chance that 
in these scenarios, one of those four those is going to be what happens happen. for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. So and we, uh, I mean, we we know that because we've done it multiple exactly. times. Anytime we enter into a big contract or we get in with a client and they're into a big situation, we'll run this uh, run this scenario on them. So like we've been through this, we've tried it. Yeah. You know, we used to only have one or two. We used to only play out worst case, but then we would have like an ideal case happen. We didn't really lay that out, so we were kind of freaking out about, oh, is this too good? Is this going to wreck us? So that's where we learned to break down four of them Mm -hmm. because it'll usually land somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Well, if if you're um, unlike Desi and you have this type of fear, have, uh, I would say, you know what? Point number one, don't fear failing. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to still have that trepidation and have that fear. But what I'm going to say is, Take a snapshot and own it. Come look in the mirror and say, okay, now how do I deal with this? Because it's not so bad, right? You're a kid, there's monsters under your bed and then you turn the lights on and they're not. We grow up mm-hmm. and sometimes we can still have those things when it comes to you know, our P&L sheet or our next profit right. or our next goal or our next right. quarter. That's kind of scary to do this mm-hmm. you know, moonshot project. Yeah. If, you, if you turn on the light, you're gonna get rid of the monsters. I think I just got it, honestly. What it comes down to, I think it really branched from sports for me. And it's play to win instead of playing to not lose. Mm. Meaning That's good. if you're going to play to win, you're going to have to take risks. So when I talk about I don't really deal with this. Well, what my fear is, is my fear is losing. So I'm playing to win because I'm so scared of the feeling I'm going to get if I don't lay it all on the table. Like there's a funny movie called Fired Up. It says, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> and that that's where it is for me is my fear doesn't lie in uh, I'm scared to win. My fear lies is I left something on the field. I left something on the table. And I'm going to feel awful if something is left on the table at the end of the game, the project, whatever, fill in the blank. Right. You know, but so play to win instead of playing to not lose. Big difference. Small tweak, but huge difference right up here. Yeah, it's just, it's just you got to reframe it. That's a good, a good way to look at that because, um, you know, my, my youngest son asked me the other day, you know, what's your biggest fear? Ask mom and dad. What are you guys afraid Ooh. of? You know, his is, I don't know if it's heights anymore, but they were talking about, you know, being stuck underwater or being stuck in a cave. You're right. He's 11. Um, and I said, well, son, my, my biggest fear is regret. Mm. I don't want to be 80 years old and regret not spending time with you and not regret achieving what I could. And so now it's not, I'm afraid of failing. It's if I don't act and if I don't produce these scenarios, yeah, I could certainly look back and say, man, I had a lot of good head knowledge, had a lot of good potential. Right. Right. So having that reframing and yeah, you got to risk it for the biscuit. I think it's going to take probably three to 10 more of these podcasts and then we're going to give a special episode of just Desi's sports sayings. Like my isms? Like a blooper. Some Desi-isms? I, I love it. Let's do it. I love it. it. They're going to stick. I'm ready. All right. That's point number one. Let's, let's get rid of and break fear. The second one stacks on that and that is plan on and expect failure. Yeah. You are, you mentioned the little meme with the squiggly line. That's absolutely true even though it's funny. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> because if I'm starting at A and I need to get to Z, 
you have to almost plan for, not almost, you have to plan for, at somewhere at LMNO, I'm going to fall on my face. Yeah. It's going to be a disaster. I'm going to fail. Something's going to hit me that I didn't see coming. Something's going to hit me that I did see coming. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, now what? I have to plan for it, and you have to expect it. So instead of, I want to do this project, or I want to land this client, or I want to get to this level, and I'm only looking at best case, and if everything, the stars align, yeah. you know, the Care Bear power comes out and everything works. It's perfect. But it doesn't You're work saying that Santa way. might work his magic? It, it, he could. This isn't the movies. This is, you know, this is real life. IRL in real life. Yeah. My, you know, it, how do we deal with that? And we have to plan for it. Mm -hmm. We have to look at it as, you know, we have some friends of ours that are EMTs and first responders. Yeah. And like, don't have the capacity mindset, skill set, wherewithal. So hats off to all you guys out there, first responders. Um, Thank you. But I look in that type of scenario, Desi, and I say, you know what? If you and I were driving down the road and we saw um, a head-on collision, Oof. I was unfortunate to see that my senior year, and you see something like that, it's chaos, it's confusion, you don't know what to do. You don't know the next steps. What do we do, right? When we treat our projects, though, like a first responder, first responders train for, not yeah. if, right? Everything should be perfect and everybody should be driving safely. I shouldn't have to go out to a call. Yeah. But when this happens, not if, yeah. how do I respond to this type of accident, to this type of failure, to they this train, type of They concern? train the chaos. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it's just just like uh, a Navy SEAL, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you talk about uh, BUDS training, basic underwater demolition. Um, they they say, like, become become a friend of your enemy's biggest enemy. Yeah. Like, the worst possible scenario is where you are going to feel most comfortable. Yep. And, and I mean, and, and that that's failure, is if you plan for it, it's if you expect it, if you you flesh it out, you play out these different scenarios, like you're gonna hit that thing or that moment or that hiccup or the obstacle, or whatever, and you're gonna be like, there it is, exactly, and right. I'm ready for it. This is That's what I'm right. gonna do. A B C one two three, just like that first responder yeah. or that Navy SEAL. Exactly. So this happens. I'm on a mission or I'm a first responder and I see this and this happens. What do I need? I need my tools, I need my resources, I need my med kit, yeah. I need all of these things. What else do I need? Well, I need backup. I need support. I need staff. What else do I need? Well, we ran out of capital. I need cash flow. Yeah. What else do we need? Ah, marketing wasn't proper. Our offer wasn't there. Yep. So action plan for this, guys, is do just that. Make a list on your next project, mission, game, sale, client. Yeah. Make a list of all possible contingencies that you can think. Yeah. Through this plan, I know that at from A to Z, at G, we're going to fall on our face. What do we need? Yeah, you can actually do this. You can assign a person to this on the team, yeah. too. A lot of times we'll call them the defender. Yeah. And um, like it's usually that C type of personality that's going to get really into the weeds, 
yeah, probably unlike me and Jeremy, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, probably more our wise would probably be much better at that. I'm just going to be like, it's going to be great. We'll get over it. But we'll charge the hill, right? Where they're going to be like, yeah, but there's going to be a crater. There's going to be uh, guns with people right. with guns on the hill. And I'm like, yeah, but we'll be good. Let's go. <laughs> Type of deal. So you probably have one of these people on your team yeah. um, that would be best at this. You know, so you know, I would hone into that and try to find them. It's usually the person who points out the problem. I was just going to say, if you don't know and you're, you're setting vision or you got something that you're trying to get accomplished... Listen for the person that says, yeah, but, or what about, uh-huh. or what if. It's not a bad thing, right? It'll, it'll probably tick you off, actually. It will, yeah. but if, if you lean into that, that's your person. That's your guy. That's yeah. your gal. You say, hey, start writing all those down. We need to create contingencies for all of them. Yep. And, and how we map it out is, okay, guys, point A, this is where we're at. Point Z, this is where we need to go in this time frame because we want to be very specific. We're going to lay that out to the team, and then we're going to say, all right, guys, knowing this is where we want to go, A, what are some obstacles and challenges that we could face? Yeah, now, write, you, these, write these down if you're watching right yeah, now. You probably will face, but what are some obstacles and challenge? Um, what's the best response? When we face these challenges, now as a responder, what's our response to that? Do we course correct? Do we, do we drill into it and still say, no, it's just going to take keep pressing? What's my response to that? And what are my actions to this challenge? What's it going to cost? When I fail at letter G, what's that going to cost me? What's that going to cost me in time loss? What's that going to cost me in capital and in resources? Yeah, staff, people. go, Go on and on about the list, but go through all of those. Right, because we're focusing on this path, what's that going to cost me in opportunity cost from things that I'm not doing because I'm putting here. What's it going to cost? What's the time? What will be learned? And this will be on the next point as well, but what will be learned and gained from this failure? Love that one. Yeah. I'm going to fail and I'm going to screw this up. And and that one could be unknown. Right. Right. But I think it's, it's a great filter to be like, how, uh, how are we learning in this? How are we learning in this type of deal? Yeah. Oftentimes you're going to pick up some level of efficiencies through that failure. Yeah. Or be aware of inefficiencies in that failure. You're going to pick up some effectiveness in that failure. Or you're going to see where you're not effective Uh that I got to sharpen to become effective. So what what can I learn? It's all for waste if if we don't. If we don't learn from a failure, it's all for waste. waste. Also, we, we, you know, whether it's in the gym, whether it's, you know, role playing in business, whether that's in sports, we want to drill stuff out. So again... Letter G, we're going to fall on our face, utterly fail, and just eat sand. How many attempts do we want to give ourselves? How many attempts will it take to be successful? So this is like, this is Thomas Edison. Yeah. I didn't fail 10,000 times. I learned 10,000 ways to not make a light bulb. (laughs) That's right. There you go. Learn 10,000 ways to not be a leader, to not, to not do the project, take the initiative, do the directive. doesn't matter, but learn 10,000 ways. Because let me tell you something. I can guarantee you, you learn 10,000 ways and you screw up 10,000 times, fail 10,000 times, you will be an absolute you're gonna, you're master gonna, you're gonna at figure whatever it, out. it is that you're doing. I guarantee it. And it will be, li- it'll be life-changing. It'll be life-changing for you, for your business, for your team. I mean, can't even stress that enough. That's huge. 10,000 times. So how many attempts? Is it 10,000? Well, 
Desi, we've made some attempts and we're like, we only have the capital to do this three times. Yeah. So whether it's one, two, three, or 10,000 times, the next question on this are, okay, we foresee this obstacle. What are other paths? Yeah. Do we go around this obstacle? Do we climb above it? Do we shift gears completely to try to, what are some other ways that we can challenge this? Because we just fell and we just hit. Yeah. And if I don't know that, because it could be something that blindsides me, that still needs to be in the back of my head when that happens, yeah. as far as, oh, we just got slammed. Right. Do we take a left or do I just keep jumping in this hole and not land on my face next time? Yeah. Right? So that's, that's step two, guys. Expect and plan for it because it's inevitable. Take the sting out of it, worst case scenario, but then also plan for it. See, you guys, I, don't take this as, um, man, this seems really negative. We're just like planning on failing type right. of deal. That's why we said maybe somebody on your team is best fit for this. Yeah. You know, maybe you're the visionary of your company or of your team or whatever, and stick to that. But don't let this go by the wayside. You know, put somebody put somebody in charge of it, responsible for it, who really thinks yeah. this way naturally. But whether it's you or somebody on your team, you know, or you hire a third party to look into this as well. Like just don't don't miss it. So if you're the visionary and this is like, man, this is a downer. Like, I get it. I feel your pain. I understand it because I'm that way. Like, keep charging the hill. Yeah. Um, but make sure that this isn't missed, that piece of it. Yeah, and really, that's a good point, Desi. It's, we want to change our paradigm and just reframe. I don't want you dwelling on fear. I don't want that to be your 100% focus. Right. I just want you to know that your path to success will happen through failure. Your path through no knowledge and learning is going to happen from failure yeah. and not, um, it's really just removing the overall stigma from it and knowing that I don't, nobody, nobody wants to fail. Nobody looks forward to, man, I just no. love that I just ate a bag of rocks. Awesome. Yeah. Great. But if my focus and my standards and my goals are so far ahead, I got to know that it's going to be hard work it's going to take perseverance and resilience right. to get there and push through. Guys, the last thing on this, and I can't say this, this is, enough. This is a dichotomy right here. Is celebrate failure. Yeah, that's right. So take that in just for a hot sec and think about that. Because when you fail, we talked about the sting. We talked about dwelling on it. Inherently, your mind and your brain says, stay alive, don't be uncomfortable, red alert, you failed. When that happens, we've talked in previous podcasts about loops and the soundtrack in our head. Yeah. I knew I was going to fail. Why did I even try? Ah, I'm so stupid. Man, no, don't do that. What if instead you reframed it and celebrated it, not in the failure itself, but in the fact that you're one step closer to success? We, we do this often with sales reps, especially that are new in the field and that have some reluctance. Yeah. They're great with people, but oh, I don't like objections. And what if they say no? Well, then they say no. Not the other word. Like you weren't good enough or they didn't want your product. They right. said no. But that's the point. You know what? Come back when you have... 100 no's. In fact, your goal isn't to make a sale. Your goal is to check off 100 no's. Yeah, because you can control that. 
I can control that. Now, I'm not say, like, there's a dude that did a podcast that tried to get 100 no's through right. this yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, again, I'm removing the stigma, and I know that through repetition, through trial, through error, through learning, through growth, my skill set's going to grow, and it's not going to take 100 no's to get a yes. But, again, when I fail, and this was something that, um, if you guys, you guys have probably heard of a, a, a lady named Sarah Blakely. She was the founder of Spanx. Oh, yeah. Billionaire, super genius, uh, look her up. But uh, I stole this from her, and when she was a kid, her parents would ask them, um, who did you help today? Like, what are you thankful for? Who did you help today? Yeah. Who helped you today? And what did you fail at? Right? Not. Talk to me about your A on your test. Talk to me about, those are fine, and I celebrate those. Yeah. But I want you to tell me, what did you screw up today? Mm -hmm. To change that paradigm of, I don't want to be afraid, I don't want to hide and cower. I'd say that's a great question mm -hmm. to add to a team meeting. What did you fail at? Uh, yeah. Or the, just the celebrate failure dichotomy in itself. Like, hey, everybody, this is Bob. He screwed up X, Y, Z. Give him a round of applause. Bob, what did you learn from it? But if you were to create that culture, oh my gosh, you got people that are looking forward to growing and taking risks and they're not scared of acting. They're not tiptoeing around their day. Now they're taking you know, ownership of, of their role and sharing the mission of the company. Yeah. All those things because like, it was a safe place to try something and fail and grow and learn from it. Absolutely. If you yeah. have people that report to you, um, the greatest gift that you can give them is empowerment to make a decision. If they feel safe, if they feel okay that they can make a decision and screw up, when we bring people in for onboarding or newer folks, mm -hmm. that's, what, that's our stump speech. You're gonna be really bad at this yeah. before you're good at it. Yep. You're gonna suck until you don't. Absolutely fail. There's nothing that you can break mm -hmm. that we can't fix. So have at it. Yeah. If you don't do that, if you don't open them up to that, all they see is this little box that they can work in and they're afraid to make any type of decision for fear of failure and upsetting the boss. So that was an excellent yeah. point. I mean, I, we even use this um, in our leadership coaching. And I mean, I learned it the hard way is my coaching asking me and just having to talk about failure over and over. Mm -hmm. But we ask that question and we'll actually like challenge and get after a leader if they don't have a specific failure to talk about. Hey, when it comes to your goal and your action plan, give me a specific failure. And what did you learn from it? Yep. And if they don't have that, like you weren't trying hard enough. Exactly. Like that's, I mean, point blank, that's what I'll say. You're not trying off in the next seven days. I need you to find something to fail at so that we can learn. If we're not learning, we're not getting better. We're not becoming a better leader. So that's, so that's, fail. that's a good call to action on this. Mm -hmm. Think of the last two or three failures that you've had. If you can't, your goal is to fail. <clears throat> but I want you to document this and ask, what's the best thing that came out of this? What did I learn most? Not what did I learn from this and I just learned I probably should have done something different. What did I learn most out of this that I would not have learned had I not attempted this and failed. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then lastly, what can I do differently on the second, third, 23rd, 223rd try in order to get this right? And mind this. I mean, like, I get, I get nerdy with this almost. Like, I'll just walk around almost obsessive with it. Like, where's the hole? 
There's got to be another hole. I feel like we're missing something still. Like, walk me through it again. Kind of like Dr. House on the show. Like, no, something's missing. We're missing a variable. Something's going on. Like, I feel like we haven't took the nugget out of this thing right. yet. So it's like, I'll, like, live in that failure to be like, yep, that's it. That's what we're missing. That's the learn that we needed to move forward. Yeah. He always finds it at, like, the midnight hour at the very end. So, like, it, if you want, like, time. Cliff's notes on this, watch the first five minutes of House and then just fast forward to the end. And then you'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's bring this home. Um, typically, kids' movies, especially ones that, like, adults relate to that get you on all the feels, right, yeah. <laughs> really hammer this home. And there's a movie that was out uh, a number of years ago. You can tell I have kids. Um, but uh, it's called Meet the Robinsons. If you've not seen it, that's an action item for you to watch <laughs> is Meet the Robinsons. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, it's a classic. There, you know, it's pretty sweet. There's a kid. He's an inventor. He goes into the future. You, I'm not going to give you any spoilers. But there's a part in the movie. Even though it came out like years, years ago. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. Statue of limitations <laughs> yeah. is over. There's a part in the movie where they're sitting around and he's made this invention of like an automated peanut butter and jelly gun. Right? I want one. And he goes, and they're all, like, cheering for him. Like, oh, you're going to do it, Lewis. This is yeah. excellent. And they get it going, and then it breaks and just sprays peanut butter and jelly over all of them. <laughs> That's then, a good scene. And movie. then he, like most of us, say, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm so sorry. I knew this would fail. This was... And they, the grandpa goes, you failed! You did it! And all of them are like, exceptional. And it's kind of like you guys might be looking at us like through what? this podcast. <laughs> but they got it, right? They looked at this and they said, well, you know, the dad in this, essentially Walt Disney, you know, right. basically says, keep moving forward. You only learn through your failings, through your struggles. You don't learn through your successes. Yep. Right. We've talked about some myths on that in a previous podcast yeah, as far as success yeah. goes. Onward, upward, forward. But uh, Walt Disney is coined with this. He says, around here, however, we don't look backwards very long. We keep moving forward, opening new doors and new things because we're curious. And curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. Yeah. Honestly, I, I mean, I, I hear you saying that. Like, that might be a deeper root for me. Of like, I just got to know what is around that corner if I take a risk, if I fail, if I try a little bit hard, whatever it is. It's like I'm obsessed with that curiosity of, but what if blank? Yeah. But what if blank? Not like, ah, I was over here and I was safe. Like, no, that doesn't do it for me. I'm always like, what about that corner? What about that corner? What's over this next hill? What's over this next hill? Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. Oh, that was cool. Maybe there's another hill type of deal and that's where we're trying to get you to move here um but uh good stuff yeah guys thanks so much uh for listening for watching summarize write it out worst case scenario yeah plan for it expect it list those things that we've talked about and then um man how do i celebrate it how do i look forward to failing knowing that on the other side of that is success so guys enjoy your families merry christmas happy holidays and we'll see you next time Ho, ho, ho.